Good evening to all of you listeners in the Milky Way. This is Space Cat Coco, and you are listening to Sleepy Reads. For this sleep cycle, I will be continuing the peaceful recording of advanced toy making for schools from Vintage Earth. These audio logs are being created to help Earth humans with focus, sleep, and relaxation. If you are not an Earth human, feel free to listen. This podcast is available to all in the Milky Way. On my days off, I have been sitting in a secret space that faces the ice cream nebula. It is in the large botanical dome. I found a little passage that was overgrown with tropical plants. It is so quiet and the sounds of the station are not so loud in this space. There is a comfortable wooden style bench with a little table, and all the plants makes it feel like that I am in a tropical forest. I sometimes read or just look out into the nebula. I know I can see the nebula in my living quarters, but it is nice to have a quiet place out of my living quarters. I hope you have found a special area for yourself wherever you live. It is now time for the audio log. If you would like access to more information or transcripts, go to spicyponydesign.com. Find a quiet place Turn on your favorite hologram and ask your moondauber to hum. And now, the continuation of advanced toy making for schools, part two of three by David M. Mitchell. Copyright Vintage Earth Year 1922. Fifteen, oil stains. It will be found that quicker work can be done with oil stain than with watercolors. For that reason, oil stains are also used a great deal as a dipping stain. In preparing oil stains, the best mineral or earth pigments to dissolve with turpentine are Van Dyke brown, chrome green, burnt and raw sienna, and lamp black. 16. Shellacking There are two kinds of shellac, orange and white. The white shellac is orange shellac that has been bleached. 
The purpose of shellac, as commonly understood, is to give a quick coat over the stain. The thin coat formed serves as a protector for the stain and also as an undercoater for the following coat of varnish. In this way, at least one coat of varnish is eliminated and a great deal of time saved because the shellac dries within a few minutes. To thin shellac, use denatured alcohol. On cheaper toys, a coat of shellac only may be used as a covering for the color stain. If orange shellac is used, it will be found that it affects the color of the stain used. White shellac also produces a slight change in color, and for this reason, many working with toys will use a good clear varnish instead. 17. Varnishing Two or three coats of varnish will produce a very durable finish. The first coat of varnish ought not be quite as heavy as the succeeding coats. If the varnish is of extra heavy body, it should be reduced slightly for the first coat. The best varnish reducer is thin varnish. To prepare this reducer, take one part varnish, the same varnish to be reduced, and two parts of turpentine. Shake these together well and let stand 24 hours before using. This will reduce the consistency of the varnish without tearing down the body as pure turpentine would. The first coat of varnish should be allowed to dry thoroughly before the second coat is applied. Oil varnishes made from good hard gums, pure linseed oil, and turpentine are the most valuable. In using turpentine to thin varnish, care should be taken that adulterated turpentine is not used. To play the game safe, it is advisable to use a little benzine, for it will not injure the varnish, but will evaporate entirely and not flatten the varnish as turpentine does. 18. Points on Varnishing 1. The less varnish is worked under the brush, the better its luster. 2. Use clean brush and pot and clean varnish. See that the surface is clean before beginning to varnish. 3. Allow a coat of varnish plenty of time 
for drying until it becomes hard. 19. Colored Varnish Colored varnish is that in which a proportion of varnish is added to the pigment and thinned. The base is usually an earth color, such as okra, sienna, Venetian red, Vandyke brown, umber, lamp black, etc. With this, the work can be done in one coat. This method of finishing is usually employed on the cheaper class of the toys where it isn't advisable to apply an expensive finish. 20. Another suggestion for finishing. Tint a gallon of benzene or gasoline with chrome green, chrome yellow, and vermilion. Ground in Japan until the desired shade is obtained. This formula is especially good for dipping purposes. 21. Use of paint. Although paint can be bought ready prepared and in any color, as has been stated, it is advisable to have the students mix their own colors and choose their own color scheme. 22. Ingredients of good paint. The best paints are usually made by mixing together white lead, linseed oil, pigment of the desired color, colors ground in oil, and a dryer. While white lead is sufficient as the pigment for white paint, a better result is obtained by mixing zinc oxide with the white lead. These two substances have the convenient property of balancing each other's disadvantages. For instance, zinc oxide has a tendency to crack and peel, which is overcome by the tougher coating formed by the white lead. Again, when white lead is exposed to light and weathering, it becomes chalky, which fault is remedied by the property possessed by zinc oxide of remaining hard. The linseed oil used is obtained from flaxseed by pressing the thoroughly grounded seed. About 23 gallons of oil can be obtained from one bushel of the seed. By boiling the oil with lead oxide or manganese oxide, it can take more oxygen from the air and thereby its drying powers are increased. 
Dryers are substances that absorb oxygen from the air and give part of it to the oil. The raw linseed oil absorbs the oxygen from the air very slowly, but the addition of turpentine is a great aid in overcoming this defect. To ensure the best results in painting, one must first consider the kind and condition of the surface to be painted and to what use the toy will be put. Then decide on the proper composition and consistency of the paint. 23. Application of Paint In applying the paint to the toy, the first coat should be thinned. This will act as a primer or undercoat for the succeeding coats of paint. Care should be taken that plenty of time is allowed between coats for the paint to dry thoroughly. Three coats of paint will produce a good finish. 24. Preparation of Surface All woodwork must be sanded and thoroughly dry before any paint is applied. Care should be taken to see that all knots and sappy streaks shall be covered with a coat of orange shellac. Then apply the first coat. After the priming coat of paint is thoroughly dry, putty up all knot holes, dents, cracks, and other defects in the surface with a pure linseed oil putty composed of equal parts of white lead and whiting. When putty is dry, proceed with the other coats. 25. Tinting Materials Formulas for making tints are to be followed only in a general way. Make some allowance for slight variations in the strength and tone of different makes of colors. Chromes and okras vary noticeably. Weigh out your color and add it gradually, not all at once, noting the effect as you go. When you reach the desired shade, stop regardless of what the formula calls for. Turpentine and dark dryers will slightly alter shades. Make allowance for this. 26. Mixing Paints Faulty mixing, even with the best of materials, is not likely to make durable paint. The important thing is to give the lead and oil a chance to incorporate themselves in that close union 
which they always make if allowed to do so. The following directions give best results. The order is important. 1. Break up the white lead with a paddle using only enough oil to bring it to the consistency of colors and oil. 2. Add your colors for tinting. Coloring matter added after the paint has been thinned is likely to break up in lumps which leave streaks when brushed out. 3. Put in dryer. 4. Add remainder of oil, stirring well. 5. Last of all, put in turpentine. Thinners help only the flow of the paint, never the quality. To strain paint through cheesecloth before using will be a safeguard against lumpy colors and streakiness. Paint also spreads further if strained. 27. Paint Formulas As most toys are exposed to the weather a great deal, the following formulas are recommended. These take no account of tinting materials. A. Priming Coat 25 pounds pure white lead 1 gallon pure raw linseed oil 1 half gallon pure turpentine 1 fourth pint dryer free from rosin B. Body Coat 25 pounds pure white lead 3 eighths gallon pure raw linseed oil 3 eighths gallon pure turpentine 1 fourth pint dryer free from rosin C. Finishing Coat 25 pounds pure white lead 1 gallon pure raw linseed oil 1 fourth pint pure turpentine 1 fourth pint dryer One must exercise their own discretion in using a larger or smaller quantity of the oil according to whether the wood is oil-absorbing as white pine, poplar, and basswood or less permeable as yellow pine, cypress, spruce, and hemlock. 28. Formulas for Making Tinted Paint Any color or tint may be obtained by varying the addition of tinting colors. These tinting colors are called colors in oil. The colors should be added to the white lead 
before the paint is thinned to 25 pounds of white lead ground in oil. Add colors in oil as follows. Medium blue slate, three and one half ounces lamp black. Gray blue, one fourth ounce lamp black, one ounce Prussian blue, one fourth ounce medium chrome green. Dark drab, five pounds French okra, half pound lamp black, one fourth pound Venetian red, dark slate, two ounces lamp black, three ounces medium chrome yellow, dark lilac, one ounce lamp black, five ounces Venetian red, lilac, half ounce lamp black, one and a half ounces Venetian red, forest green, one and one half ounce lamp black, eight pounds light green, five ounces medium chrome yellow, buff, one and one half pound French okra, three eighth ounce Venetian red, cream, five ounces French okra, sea green, three eighths ounce lamp black, half ounce medium chrome green, one and one fourth ounce medium chrome yellow. Where tinting colors are used in sufficiently large quantities to alter the consistency of the paint, add one half as much linseed oil and turpentine by weight as you add tinting material. 29. Enameling When using enamel as a finish for toys, care should be taken that the surface of the toy is in proper condition. To obtain good results, proceed as follows. Give the wood a coat of shellac, sand lightly, and dust. The following coat should consist of part of white paint and one part of the enamel to be used. This coat should be slightly tinted with the finishing color. If the finishing coat is not white, allow 24 hours for drying thoroughly, then sand with the number zero sandpaper. Next, apply a coat of enamel of the color desired for the finished work. 
enamels may be tinted with colors ground in oil. Should the enamel not work freely, add a spoonful of benzine to a gallon of enamel. Turpentine may also be used as a thinner for enamel. A better finish of enamel consists of two coats of paint before applying the enamel. This gives it a stronger body and, of course, makes it more durable. Because of its durability and for sanitary reasons, enamel is the most desirable finish for toys. Its glossy finish is attractive and very appealing to children. And now, the interlude. Moondauber Delights presents Raspberry Jelly. Ingredients 4 quarts clear raspberry juice 8 pounds sifted lump sugar Take 4 quarts of clear raspberry juice Add to it 8 pounds of sifted lump sugar Set it on a clear fire in your preserving pan. Stir it with the spatter to keep it from burning. Let it rise, then take it from the fire. Skim it, set it on the fire again, and let it rise three or four times, skimming it each time. If, on taking out the skimmer, small flakes hang from it, it is of a proper consistency and may be put into jars. When cold, cover it with writing paper dipped in brandy and bladder them over. This recipe was found in the bread and biscuit baker's and Sugar Boilers Assistant. Copyright Vintage Earth Year 1890. And now, let's return to Advanced Toy Making for Schools. 30. The Dipping Method. When a considerable quantity of toys is to be finished, the problem to be faced will be the cost of application of the paint rather than the cost of the paint itself. The dripping process, immersing the material to be covered, is found to be the most successful, especially in toy making, where so many small parts are used. Many of the small pieces made can be subjected to the dipping process at quite a saving of time and labor, with probably better results than where the application of paint or stain is done with a brush. 
The success of the dipping process depends on the arrangement adopted for holding the toys while the actual dipping is done and while they are drying. Here, the exercise of a little ingenuity on the part of the students and teacher will overcome most difficulties. Supposing that a number of checkers or handles or small wheels are to be stained, a dipping frame, as shown in figure 8, could very easily be prepared. You will notice the screen tray, which is removable, and the tin sheet, which slopes towards the container. The small pieces to be stained can be handled in wire baskets with mesh, just small enough so that the pieces will not fall through. The wire basket is then immersed in the container and worked up and down so that the liquid will penetrate and touch all pieces. It is then pulled up and swung over the screen tray where the contents of the wire basket is dumped. Here, the superfluous paint will drip off on the tin sheet, which, because of its slope, will cause the superfluous paint to flow back in to the container. Figure 9 shows the dipping frame in use. The screen tray can be removed and placed in a rack to allow for further drying. Several trays could then be made and a rack to hold them could very easily be constructed. The paint used for dipping purposes must so be prepared that too much does not run off or too much stay on, for this is surely one way to spoil the work. It should be thinned to the right consistency, and care should be taken that the thinners used are of the best quality. Where larger pieces of work are to be dipped, wire attachments could be devised and each part hung separately over the dipping frame until ready to be placed in a rack. If the wire attachment forms a hook on one end, it will be possible to hang up the toy until drained and dried. In removing the toy from the paint, it should be drawn out very slowly so that the surface of the paint may be left as smooth as possible. Where one desires line effects on toys, these may be lined in afterwards with a small size striping brush or sign painter's pencil. Illustration Figure 8 Dipping Frame Illustration Figure 9 Using 
the dipping frame. 31. Polishing by tumbling. Excellent results in polishing large quantities of small pieces may be obtained by tumbling. The material to be polished should be thoroughly dry. The parts are then placed in a tumbler as shown in figure 10. Cut up paraffin wax into small pieces using about one-fourth pound to each tumbler full of toys. Allow these to tumble several hours. This will distribute the wax evenly over the parts and produce a polished surface. The tumbler, as shown in figure 10, is turned by hand although it could very easily be placed in a lathe where one is available. 32. Care of Brushes A suitable place should be provided for brushes that are not in use. A tin-lined keeper is recommended. Brushes should be suspended so that their bristles will not touch the bottom of the keeper and have the liquid in which they are kept come well up over the bristles so that none of the paint or varnish may dry in the butt of the brush. 33. Paint Application by Means of Compressed Air in recent years, great advancement has been made in the application of paint by means of compressed air. The early use of pneumatic painting equipment was confined almost exclusively to the application of finishing materials such as japans, enamels, lacquers, varnishes, etc. on manufactured products. But in the past few years, improvements have been made which eliminate all of the difficulties originally experienced and make possible the use of this method for interior and exterior painting, such as buildings, ships, etc. And at present, a large portion of factory maintenance work is done in this manner. Excessive fumes have been eliminated and all materials can be applied without removing the volatile thinners, solvents, binders, etc through air reduction. This is brought about through the use of low pressure and the perfection of ingenious patent nozzles and other improvements. Illustration Figure 10 Tumbler for Polishing Small Pieces 34 
uses of pneumatic sprayers. Pneumatic paint sprayers or airbrushes are extensively used in the manufacture of toys, furniture, automobile bodies, sewing machines, telephones, electrical equipment. In fact, very nearly all manufactured products, as well as on ships, structural steel and ironwork, bridges, and buildings. The speed of the airbrush is a very great compared with handbrush work. Usually, an airbrush operator will accomplish as much in one hour as a hand or bristle brush worker will in one day, and it is possible to obtain an even coating free from sags, runs, or brush marks, and better results are obtained than with the hand brush method. A film of paint can be applied in one operation equal to two hand brush coats as it is not necessary to reduce paints by thinning as much for airbrush application in a great many instances, as is the usual practice for hand brushing. The air sprayer can also reach places inaccessible to the hand brush, and a perfect coat can be applied over rough, uneven surfaces, which could not be obtained by hand brushing. In considering pneumatic painting equipment, the most important thing to be kept in mind is the proper application of materials. This can be successfully accomplished only through the use of compressed air at low pressures. By this is meant using only sufficient mainline air to lay the paint enamel, varnish, or whatever finish may be used on the object. Excessive pressure results in fumes, waste of material, and air reduction taking place. By air reduction is meant the removal of the more volatile solvents, thinners, binders, etc., through evaporation, and the material thus loses its adherent and coherent properties. Both types of airbrush equipment illustrated here require three cubic feet of air per minute to operate, and the pressure necessary depends on the density, consistency, or viscosity of the material used. For example, undercoaters, japans, etc. require from 12 to 15 pounds of pressure to apply perfectly, while enamels and varnishes take from 18 to 25 pounds. 
Water stains require about five pounds of pressure. 35. Construction of pneumatic painting outfit. A pneumatic painting outfit for finishing work consists essentially of an airbrush, either of the attached container type or the gun type with separate paint tank and a small compressor of sufficient capacity to operate the airbrush, which can be belt-driven from shafting or direct connect. An exhaust hood with fan for the removal of fumes is advisable where the operation is reasonably continuous and especially where lacquers are used. The paint, ready for application, is poured into the tank, and the compressed air line leads to the tank with a branch line for air and paint from the tank to the nozzle of the gun type of machine, while only the air line is required for the attached container type. The air hose used is 5 16th of an inch in diameter, while the paint or fluid hose is the same size. The paint hose is made of a special compound to resist the action of the thinners, solvents, etc. used in the paint and it is important to have this correct so that the lining will not disintegrate and clog the airbrush or gun. Figure 11 shows a 5-gallon container type. It will be noticed that the fluid connection is nearest the nozzle and that the air connection is at the bottom of the grip. 36. Special Attachments for Different Surfaces A cone nozzle is furnished for painting irregular surfaces and a fan nozzle for wide, flat work. Adjusting and locking the nozzle regulates the degree of atomization. The jets of the fan nozzle are depressed to prevent being knocked out of alignment. Final regulation of the flow of material is made on the back of the gun, independent of the pressure on the material container. A wide variety of adjustment is possible with this positive regulation. The first pull on the trigger gives air only, which can be used for dusting ahead of the work, and as the trigger is released, the air valve closes last, which prevents clogging and dripping. When adjustments have been made, the trigger action is the only moving part of the machine. Figures 12 and 13 show the 5-gallon container type in actual use. 37. 
cleaning pneumatic machines, it is not necessary to take the gun apart nor disconnect the hose to clean the machine. Thinner can be run through the device without loss by placing a small can of reducer of the last material used in the machine and forcing it through in the usual manner. Illustration Figure 11 A 5-gallon airbrush outfit 38 Directions for cleaning machine Close right hand air valve and open release valve Unscrew air nozzle a few turns Obstruct outlet with thumb and pull trigger Spraying pressure is thus forced through gun and fluid hose and the material backed into the container. It is advisable frequently to run thinner through the machine as follows. 1. Place small can of thinner in center of container directly beneath fluid tube. 2. Replace cover and tighten wing nuts. 3. Close left-hand air valve and open right-hand air valve. Pressure on container will force thinner through the machine and clean perfectly without loss. Do not use spraying pressure in cleaning. The thinner can be used again for either cleaning or thinning purposes. For this sleep cycle, that is the end of Advanced Toy Making for Schools, Part 2 of 3. Here is a little news, Ice Cream Nebula residents. Many of you have been wondering if a smell feature will be added to the hologram system in your living quarters. I have found out that BOT has been working on this. However, the release date has been postponed until further notice. They were in the final testing stage and the tests were going well. However, a cat in one of the units figured out how to access the system and request a smell of cat urine. Somehow, the cat reprogrammed the system so all smells were replaced with cat urine smell. Imagine the surprise when the testers selected chocolate cake, rain, lavender, ocean, or cookie smells and an output of cat urine smell filled the room instead. Bot has not figured out how to fix the program and are having problems removing the smell from all the rooms. Bot wanted to ask the cat questions, but it has been elusive after 
the incident. The community association will keep us posted. That is all for tonight, my Milky Way listeners. Have a wonderful sleep cycle. Good night, rest well in your space, and ignore all piles of socks. Thank you for listening. You can find Sleepy Reads in your favorite podcast app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Sleepy Reads is produced by Spicy Pony Design. For more information and transcripts, go to SpicyPonyDesign.com.